0: I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Lake Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, before we get started today, I want to remind you that I have a brand new devotional that just released last week Mm -hmm. called (laughs) called Trusting God in All the Things. 90 devotions for finding peace in your everyday. And let me tell you a little bit about the devotional. Life is just a lot. Relationships are hard, responsibilities are piled high, and it seems like all the things, all the things, are distracting you from the very best thing of all. There's little time left for yourself or for connecting with Jesus. No wonder you feel anxious in your mind and hurried in your heart. You desperately long for calm amidst your clamoring duties, stacked schedule, and life's unexpected circumstances. But where do you begin? More than anything else, your heart needs a refreshing encounter with God each day. And this is where the new devotional comes in. Trusting God in all the things offers women like you a way forward so you can experience the confident calm you crave. These 90 encouraging devotions will help you face life with God's peace and renewed strength. Start your day here on these pages where you'll find the calming reassurance of God who is the only one who can be truly trusted in all the things. So that's a little bit about uh, my new devotional with Karen Eman. Um, As you can see, it's about trusting God in, well, we say all the things because it's literally, we kind of talk about all the things, whether it's your health, relationships, work, parenting, whatever area you're struggling to trust God in, we address in this devotional. You can purchase a copy of Trusting God in All the Things on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, or anywhere books are sold. All right, so today, oh my word, I can't believe it, honey.
1: This is it. This This is 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 the the end of our Making Art series, the the last of our Lenten episodes. uh, How
0: did we get here already?
1: I don't know, but but I do know that this week is Easter. Yes. And so that's exciting.
0: That is because we have been talking through the seven deadly sins and it's been a lot of heart work. If you've been following with us these last several weeks, we have been exploring the seven deadly sins and why pursuing holiness or virtue actually frees us to love God and others as we should. And as we've said from the beginning, Lent is a season where we are intentionally drawing closer to Jesus to be more like Jesus. And so this series, I'm... Even though it's been wonderful, it's probably been hard for some of you. And I know it's hard for me, you know, when I look at some of these areas of my life that I'm definitely struggling in. But this is, the point is we're leading up to Easter where, like, we we celebrate, right? right. Yeah, I like think,
1: and we've said from the beginning that, you know, the goal, um, and I maybe you said it already, but, yeah, the goal of, of Lent is to emerge at Easter looking more like Jesus. Right. And so it's a season of fasting and, you know, and prayer and, you know, just deeper meditation on the life of Christ uh, and his death, you know, all leading up to Easter where we celebrate, um, you know, resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is to really draw near to Jesus, to be more like Jesus. And um, and so, yeah, this, this is hard to believe that we're already uh, coming to the end of this series. Hopefully it's been a great encouragement to mm-hmm.
0: you. So today we are going to be talking about slothfulness. And that's just... <laughs> I don't know. Just saying that kind I just, of makes me You know me what laugh. I think of, Every I think time of I hear sloth. the word sloth,
1: I think of the, you know, what What was the, the show? Oh. What was the um, the animated movie that was out? Uh, it's been a couple years oh, ago honey, now. Oh, honey,
0: I'm not good at remembering movies. I know, I'm movies.
1: so bad. In animated movies always, like, I have a hard time staying awake anyways <laughs> for movies. The kids are always giving me a hard time. Like, I get 30 minutes into a movie and I'm out. It's true. But I but I remember, so so animated movies are really difficult. But there was an animated movie not too long ago, within the last couple of years, and there's a sloth in it. And he's just adorable. Yeah. Cute, you know. I but always, there's this great scene, I you I, know. So that's what I. think Anyways,
0: of. I think about the sloth at the zoo because when the okay. kids were little, we used to go to the zoo all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Toledo we, Zoo.
0: Yeah, and the sloth. It would be up on like this, like cord thing. It'd be just hanging from there, doing nothing, doing nothing <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we are today. We are talking about slothfulness. So let's get going.
1: <laughs> well, slothfulness. You know, if you know, again, um, it's one of those words we don't typically use very often, but put most simply, I mean, slothfulness is really just laziness. And so, you know, a definition that, that has been given over the years is that, that really slothfulness or laziness, it's this disordered inclination to apathy or laziness in fulfilling one's duties. Mm. And so um, I think one of the things that, that we ought to you know just point out is, you know, well, I'll say it this way, that, that when we think about being slothful or being lazy, it's this tendency to cut corners. Yeah. Um, you know, we avoid doing hard things or things that are going to, you know, cost us something. And so we tend to compromise or we take the easy path. Um, you know sometimes it can look like avoiding responsibility mm. uh, those kinds of things and so I think it's really important to to keep in mind too is is we're looking at this particular deadly sin this week is that slothfulness can be physical or spiritual mm. so we tend to think of like you know slothfulness or laziness is just kind of laying around on the couch watching and you TV. know watching TV <laughs> watching Netflix and just kind of being lazy because we're tired um, but you know slothfulness can be and is both physical and and spiritual. That's a
0: really, really good point. I mean, I think honestly, I don't, I don't really think about it like that. And, and when we think about it being spiritual, like I don't, I can be so, you know, active and diligent and work hard at my job and work hard, you know, with all the things I need to do, but I can be slothful in my spiritual life. Like that, That's a really powerful thought.
1: Well, I think, you know, Matthew 7 is a great example of that. Matthew 7 verses 13 through 14, you know, is that reminder that the spiritual life is hard, um, that it's difficult to take up your cross daily and follow Jesus. I mean, to deny yourself uh, and to follow Jesus is difficult. Matthew 7 verses 13 through 14 is just one example, you know, where Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction Mm. and many enter through it. But small is the gate. And narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. And it's mm-hmm. that reminder that, that very few um, take up their cross daily and follow Jesus, that that road of discipleship um, is a narrow road, that that gate is is a small gate. And so the spiritual life can be hard. It, it is hard. Right. And so it takes um, resisting slothfulness, cutting um, cutting corners. Um, You know, so we don't typically think of slothfulness in that area, but it very much Mm -hmm. can be a spiritual issue as much as a physical one.
0: Yeah. And let me read Proverbs Proverbs 6, 9 through 11, um, because as you're saying that, this is really a powerful verse when I'm thinking spiritually, um, when I think that way. Uh, Proverbs 6, 9 through 11 says, How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. And I, when I think about, that reminds me of the verse, and of course I can't remember... Um, the whole verse right now, but it's wake up. Oh, sleeper rise oh, from yeah. the dead. Like yep. that immediately. I'm thinking of that verse because it's, it's talking spiritually, like wake up.
1: Right. Right.
0: And I, this Proverbs six, nine through 11, when I think spiritually and I think about, you know, the poverty, you know, obviously poverty when we're lazy physically can come upon us, but spiritual poverty, poverty yeah. is a real thing that is happens in our lives. When we're lazy, when we don't take the time to spend time with Jesus Absolutely. when we don't open our Bible, when we don't, you know, when we don't go in and gather with people, um, it, with our church community on Sunday mornings, you know, the spiritual poverty is real. And that Proverbs six through n- six, nine through 11 is a really powerful scripture to read with that thought in mind.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, um, again, you know, slothfulness can be both physical and spiritual. And, and so you think about, um, you know, on the physical side or the, the way we tend to think of slothfulness is, yeah, just the person that won't work. Mm. Um, they, they avoid responsibilities around the house. You know, something's broken and they don't do the hard work of fixing it. And then pretty soon something else breaks and they, they don't fix that. And pretty pretty soon you get a month, two months, six months down the road and everything's falling apart. You know, those are just sort of really practical <laughs> examples, right. whether it's within a home with, you know, ownership of a, of a home or taking care of Of a car or working a job, I mean, there's all sorts of examples of how laziness can really be destructive uh, Mm -hmm. to our soul, to our soul, to a marriage, to a family, Mm -hmm. um, within a church. You know, all sorts of examples of of really how deadly that that sin can be. Um, And as we've been talking about too, it's a spiritual. um, There's a spiritual laziness too. Um, You know, it it was funny because when we were you know doing the schedule for this, um, you know, I, I thought, oh no, like this is the week of Easter. Like, what a strange Way to end the series. Like I it. just thought, yeah. well, it's kind of a disconnect. Like we're doing slothfulness on the week of Easter. And yet the more I thought about that, um, the more I thought, but but the cross is a classic example of Jesus not skirting his responsibility, hmm. uh, of not cutting the corner. In fact, the, the great temptation in Matthew 4 that, that Satan comes and, and one of the temptations there is for Jesus just to do that, to cut corners um, Mm -hmm. and to not go to the cross. And so as I was thinking more about it, I'm like, you know, it is quite fitting, actually, Mm -hmm. um, that we're ending this series, the week of Easter, talking about slothfulness. You know, Mark chapter 4 is a good example of that. It's in, um, you know, um, in the Gospel of Luke, the the Gospel of Matthew as well. But Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 35, and then 37 through 41 is the story of, Of Jesus going to gethsemane let me just read a couple of those verses it says that they went to a place called gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples sit here while I pray and he took Peter James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled my Hmm. soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death he said to them stay here and keep watch in other words don't fall asleep Hmm. Um, don't get lazy And uh, verse 35 says, going a little further, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if it was possible that the hour might pass from him. Hmm. And then he returned uh, to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Um, He found them slothful. He found them lazy, Hmm. tired, uh, that they were not being diligent spiritually. Uh, Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak. And then verse 39 and 40, once more, he went away and he prayed the same thing. And when he came back, um, he again found them sleeping uh, because their eyes were heavy. They did not know um, what to say to him. And returning a third time, verse 41 uh, are you sleeping and resting enough? The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. And so you see this great contrast in the life of the disciples, hmm. Peter, James, and John, and the person and the work of Jesus. They, they fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not diligent. They hmm. are not um, watchful. And yet Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, and his closest friends, his companions, they fall asleep, and yet he's diligent. And you think about, of course, the, the, the next verses is uh, the description of him going to the cross and saying, Father, mm-hmm. if this cup can be, you know, if you can pat, you know, uh, there's another way, um, but if not, you know, not my will, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus shows great diligence to be obedient to the heart of the Father, not to cut corners, not to compromise not to be lazy spiritually, not to be slothful, but to be diligent and obedient. And it's a great contrast, really, mm-hmm. uh, between what it looks like to walk in diligence and faithfulness, do hard things versus being slothful or lazy.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, as frustrating as it is when I when I am you know read about the disciples and you're like, come on, like he needed you. What were you doing? You know? um, obviously it's a picture so many times of, of us. And I think it's actually an encouragement to me because I'm like that, th- those were the disciples, you know, and they right. were, they were struggling. And I think that that's where we need to learn. This isn't something that you just, you deal with it and you never deal with it again. I think this it's a lifelong struggle. This is attention always. We're never going to be perfect in this, but I think This is one of those things that when you recognize slothfulness for what it is, it's something that when it creeps into your life, you see it and you're like, wait a minute, you know what I mean? And you can actually change habits or things um, to to not be slothful. So let's talk about. okay. so the vice, because we always talk about the vice and the (laughs) virtue
1: this is your favorite part. This
0: is my favorite part. It you feels know, so the, like the organized, and I like things organized. Well, because to I vice always to virtue. Well, it's because you see the opposite here, and I think it's a really always a really powerful picture. So, there's the vice is slothfulness, and that, and then there's the opposite of that, which is. The virtue which is diligence, yep. and so how do we deal with slothfulness in our life?
1: Yeah, again, I think going back, not to sound like a broken record, but one of the things we've been talking about throughout this entire um, series is just this idea of clothing ourselves in righteousness and holiness, so that we can give ourselves, you know, the best, or give give God the best mm-hmm. of who we are, give others the best of who we are, and um, obviously when when we are we we have that. Um, that character, um, you know, of being lazy, of being slothful, we're not giving the best of God, because right. we're cutting corners, um, and we're not giving the best of who we are to other people. Um, we're being slothful in our responsibilities. We're, we're cutting corners. We're, we're compromising. And so, as we said from the very beginning, I mean, this idea of clothing ourselves in Christlikeness, walking in righteousness or holiness, is meant to enable us, empower us by the Holy Spirit, to give the best of who we are, to love as we should, to be free to love. As we, um, as God desires for us, and so I think one of the first steps for us is, you know, what we've been talking about is just understanding the difference between slothfulness and diligence, and so just understanding first and foremost what diligence is. Mm. And so you, you think about, you know, I always think about Second Thessalonians chapter three, um, you know, as Paul was writing to that church, and and he's really uh, rebuking some within that church for their slothfulness, and, mm-hmm. and you know, here it's relating to physical work and not providing but second Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 Paul writes for even when we were with you um, we gave you this rule the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat hmm. um, We hear that some among you are idle uh, and disruptive you know they're not doing what they should they're skirting their responsibilities it's causing conflict or, or a disruption he goes on and says they are not busy. Uh, they are busy bodies. Uh, such people who, um, such people who, who such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn mm. the food they eat. You know, and so you just think, you know, here's Paul writing to this church, this group of Christians that are living in community with one another, and he's rebuking some within that church for their slothfulness and how it become disruptive relationally, and, mm-hmm. and that it was causing problems. And so he's telling them, listen. Um, you, you, the answer to, is to be like Jesus and to be diligent, to be faithful. And, mm-hmm. and those of you that are idle, that are sitting around not doing anything, um, you, you don't eat. Um, and so the, it's just a really interesting command that Paul gives to that particular group of Christians.
0: Yeah. Well, what's interesting here too, though, is I think we can get a little bit confused and think that slothfulness is, uh, we can't be still. Or we're being slothful. And it's interesting here because he specifically says they are not busy. They are busy bodies. So clearly there's they're doing something. Right. Right. Um, And so being diligent doesn't mean that you it's like in my mind, I automatically think you are active all the time you never stop and yeah. that's not what that means Th- that's
1: that's not the healthy answer either no right?
0: and and sometimes being diligent in our spiritual life looks like sitting and being still and meditating on god's word and praying for an hour or whatever that is going for a walk taking time for things that might seem like you're being slothful i think i think in our culture we have a little bit mixed up and we can bring that into our relationship with the lord and just our understanding of of slothfulness well i think
1: it's important to remember too that you know you you always want to um as you're reading scripture you you want to interpret scripture with other scripture and and look at the the whole counsel of god you Mm -hmm. know and so it's really important you know there are going to be people who really struggle with slothfulness um, not just spiritually, but, but physically, uh, they, they're, they, they're going to struggle to work hard, um, to, you know, follow the responsibilities or, or, you know, uh, fulfill the responsibilities that they have. Mm-hmm. And, and that might be a struggle for some, but there are going to be a lot of people who struggle in the other area, um, mm-hmm. that they right. are, uh, they're workaholics and yeah. they don't know how to slow down. They don't know how to take a break. And so when you, you, again, you think about the biblical principle of Sabbath rest and, and, you know, again, from the very beginning. Uh, of gen you know the book of the bible uh, the very beginning from the very beginning of the bible uh, in the book of genesis you see that rhythm of of working mm-hmm. but then also rest of of being diligent of working but also resting and so for some you know maybe they're listening and their struggle isn't so much working hard but they're working too much yeah and so they're incredibly diligent but they don't know how to slow down or they don't know how to rest and so we always need to be careful you know mm-hmm. here when we're thinking about this virtue um, or this vice and virtue to, to keep those things in balance as well. And remember that there are going to be some who, who don't struggle with slothfulness. They actually struggle in the other direction.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of what I meant too, when I said, this is always, this is gonna be a tension always, right. no matter what way you struggle. Because for me, I struggle to stop. And so actually I can be I could t- have a tendency towards spiritual slothfulness because I, w- I don't want to take the time to be still. I mean, yeah. I'm just being really honest here because I think that, I think you have to look at your own personal life and see what area is it that I have the tendency to be slothful in. We all will have a tendency in one way or another. And, um, and then we learn to be diligent in that spot.
1: Yeah, I think another um, thing that's really important to think about. As we're talking about diligence is, I think this is really, you know, important because I think that that diligence as it relates to our relationship with God, if we're not careful, can become cold and rigid.
0: Mm. And so I think
1: it's really important for us to remember that that the motivation for us to be diligent in our relationship with God and, and to do all things as if we're serving the Lord is to keep in mind that, that really we want all of our life to be a response to God's love. Mm, yeah. um, otherwise, I think our diligence can become very cold or just rigid obedience. And so, I think that's a really another that's another really important I think thing to keep in mind as we're thinking about um, resisting the vice of slothfulness but walking in diligence. Um, you know, maybe said another way, uh, it, it's to keep in mind you know what Jesus has accomplished for us, his diligence on the cross, his faithfulness um and and to say to him you know especially in times of struggle or or trial or you know we're we're walking through some kind of suffering difficult season is to remember um to say to Jesus often if you love me in your suffering then I will love you in mine hmm. and i think that that's a really important you know you think about what it takes sometimes to keep following jesus to keep honoring him to keep working hard when you don't feel good Um, To be diligent, even in those uh, dark seasons or circumstances, it's to look to the cross often and go, wait, Jesus did this for me. He loved me when it was difficult Mm -hmm. Um, and he and he was obedient. Um, He was diligent. He was faithful. He didn't cut corners. And so in a response to how you loved me, Jesus, in a response to your love that you've demonstrated on the cross, I want to love you back in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my suffering, in the midst of my um, difficult season or circumstances, and I think those can all be great reminders and even motivations for how to walk in diligence, how to clothe yourself with that virtue, and avoid the, vi- the vice of slothfulness. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and what a what a perfect reminder as we close, and we're headed into Easter. Right. Yeah. I mean, just just that that Jesus didn't cut corners, thankfully. Yep. And I love what you drew out of that passage um, with the disciples and how you saw, you, how does this even fit in the slothfulness? And yet, you know, you tied it into Easter so beautifully because we see his diligence was really a gift to us.
1: Yep, And, and the new life that came out of that. Right. I mean, the the resurrection life. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, even that we could draw an application from so often we quit mm. when it's hard. We quit too soon. We, we quit in the dip. Um, Mm -hmm. And and Jesus didn't do that. You know, he was faithful to the end. And we we see how how God um, how he treats his kids um, Mm. and he treats he treats them the way that he treats his son. He raises them to new life, Mm. uh, whether in this life or the life to come. And so there's great life. There's great fruit that comes um, through Jesus's diligence and his obedience his unwillingness to quit when it got hard. We're the recipient of his diligence. That's the good news. That's the gospel that Jesus loved us unto death. He was obedient unto death for our sake. And God the Father raised him to new life and he's poured out his spirit in us and he's raising us to new life as well. And uh, that's um, that's the encouragement as we head into Easter. Mm. Um, let's keep pursuing Jesus. Let's keep walking closely with him. Let's keep our eyes on him. Let's keep asking him to give us more in more of the abundant life that he promised us. And uh, there's so much more life that he wants to give us. And so that's our prayers. We head into Easter. Uh, God, we want more of you. And, um, and may that be all of our prayer.
0: Mm. Oh, that's so good. And just such a great way to end this series. Uh, making art if you haven't we're so grateful you've joined us for this series if you haven't had a chance we really encourage you to go back and listen to um, the past episodes through this series making art Um, it's been just a really really powerful series as we head towards Easter well friend we want to get to know you if we haven't met yet be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook and say hi on there also don't forget everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast and hey we hope you have the best easter and we will chat soon